Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, world. Welcome once again to Tuesday Talk with Key West Lou. I am your host, Louis Patron. You know, these news broadcasts we listen to, the one I'm going to give now, uh, we just don't get to talk about everything that's going on in the world. Everything is Donald Trump. Uh, Trump this, Trump that. And we don't get to hear about the other news that's going on in the world, which we should hear because there are other things going on as important as whatever this man may be involved in. Uh, Interestingly, uh, there were three things today that occurred, and I'm going to talk about them as well as many other things. Two involve Trump, one does not. And the one that does not is the most important thing that should have been discussed today. Uh, So let me take these in the order I have place them. Started off today, the most important thing from a Trump perspective would have been this his two o'clock news report that he was withdrawing the United States from the Iran the Iran deal. Uh it was expected. And that was what was on the news all morning. He's gonna say it, but he hasn't said it yet. And then at two o'clock with bravado and everything else he said it. And you would think that would be the big thing of the day. That was until the 6 o'clock news. And I'm going to start with the 6 o'clock news today. It was on the national media and continues to be on. And interestingly, the 6 o'clock news, heard for the first time, has taken the Iran withdrawal and put it not just behind uh, what became the new news report of the day at 6 o'clock, but put it into the second half hour of all these hourly shows. Okay, what are we talking about? Stormy Daniels' attorney, Michael Avenatti, announced today and had paperwork, which he provided to the media, uh, which indicates, and no one knows yet where he got the paperwork, and none of the Uh, National broadcasting stations have been able to verify its content yet, but they all talk about it like it's a for-real thing. And one of the the items in this paperwork, which he obtained apparently as a result of his lawsuit on behalf of Stormy Daniels, is that Michael Cohen got $500,000 from a Russian oligarch by the name of Viktor Vexelberg, Vexelberg, Uh, within days following Trump's 2016 election to the presidency, within what I think was two days. Now, this Vexelberg, the oligarch, very wealthy man involved with the Cypress Bank, uh, which is a bad situation in and of itself for another night, uh, he is close to Putin, right-hand man to Putin. Now, the $500,000 was sent to Michael Cohen. Now, the question that arises now, and this is the big thing in the news, was it sent to be used to reimburse Cohen, Michael Cohen, for advancing the $130,000 on behalf of Trump to Stormy Daniels? Ooh, interesting. And if that's the case, what's the other money for, the 300 and some odd other thousand dollars? Turns out uh, there's also some other money that came in. So we picked up close to a million dollars on the reports today. Uh, a couple of companies, one company gained $400,000, an American company, though. Uh, and 
He's just picking up money all over the place. They're signing to Cohen on behalf of Trump. Where does it go when it gets to Trump is now the question. It's suspected that Mueller knows all about this. So, whoa, the web we weave when first we seek to deceive. The plot thickens, the hole gets deeper. What I thought we should be talking about today, and I thought this was very important, and this is something that represents what we forget about today. On this day in 1945, Germany surrendered. On this day in 1945, Germany surrendered. It's VE Day, Victory in Europe. Did you read about it? Did you hear about it before I talked to you about it? I couldn't find it on the Internet, you know, in today's news broadcast up on top. Uh, I, I, I have the TV set on all day, jumping around to different uh, channels. I didn't hear it on any of the news broadcasts. It got buried behind Donald Trump. And this is important, that we went and we beat the hell out of Germany with our allied friends, and the war ended today. Now, wars were different then, and this is the reason why I want to get into this also. I was 10 years old on VE Day in 1945. I remember that day distinctly, even though I was 10 years old. All of a sudden, it was morning. All of a sudden, they're screaming. Uh, People are on their porches and in the streets with pans, and they're banging they're banging silverware against them, wood handles, and so forth. They're crying. They're singing. They're waving American flags. The war with Germany was over. We didn't know it was going to end that quickly. And everybody was happy. Everybody was thrilled. I, I spent the day with my father. No one worked that day. No one. And my father took me everywhere that day into the early evening. I suspect he knew this was a special day, and he wanted me to be a part of it to remember it. And I do remember it very distinctly. I remember everywhere we went, people were crying and singing and dancing in the streets. And all of a sudden, we started seeing, I started seeing Adolf Hitler, effigies of Adolf Hitler hanging from windows, uh, second floor, third floor windows, and from poles. We hung Hitler in effigy. Then later in the evening in Utica, our, our four corners, our busy four corners downtown called the busy corners, two blocks in every direction, four ways, packed with people, choking with people, and everybody singing, kissing, crying, laughing. The war was over. This was a big deal. Now let me tell you why it was a big deal personally to everyone who experienced that day and who has experienced this way all over the United States. It's because everyone had a piece of the war. Everyone had a relative uh, or some other situation which made them a part of the war. We don't have this anymore today. Every family had somebody in the war. Three uncles, two cousins, a brother. Uh, Everyone had someone in the war. Many families lost people in the war. They were killed. Many more wounded. Uh, Everyone sacrificed. Three gallons of gasoline a week. Meat. You had coupons. You got enough meat to serve three people and a family once a month. Uh, You did without. There were no new cars to buy. Most people took buses. Everyone took buses. But everyone made their contribution one way or another uh, to the cause. We don't have that anymore. Uh, It's different. Do you see blue flags, 
or gold flags hanging in windows. They have someone in the service or one of their children got killed in the service or a spouse. We don't have that anymore. Uh, people don't. And when's the last time people got crazy excited, like after V on VE Day and then a couple of months later on VJ Day when we the war with Japan Japan ended? Uh, you don't see this kind of enthusiasm, this exuberance, this emotion. I, I, I didn't see it after Vietnam. Everyone hated Vietnam. I didn't see it after Korea. I haven't seen it after any of the wars, nor have you. I don't know if we're ever going to see it again. Because I don't know if we approach wars the same way. Not everyone's involved. We don't have a draft anymore. And we fear nobody's going to bother us here. But that's going to end someday, too. We're going to have war on our shores. So that's the story. Today was VE Day. Nobody seemed to be celebrating it. No one seemed to be talking about it. I'm going to get into Trump in a little while. Right now I want to stay with some other things that I think are important, too. And you do also, I know. There's a volcano spurting like hell in Hawaii. Now, that's news. Well, we've heard about it, but we should be concerned because, you know, it's just like the Hurricane Irma that hit here uh, and other devastation that occurs. People are losing their homes. Uh, their homes are being covered with lava. They are racing and running for their lives. I'm not being dramatic. This is the way it is, okay? Uh, but we don't seem to really get involved. I want to tell you about two other volcanoes. That's why I'm getting I'm talking about this tonight. The they hurt the, the, the uh, volcano that we all remember is Pompeii centuries ago. Remember in Italy the the volcano, the lava came flowing down, no one expected it, and within minutes the whole town of Pompeii, the whole city of Pompeii was covered with lava. People who were working in the kitchen, women cooking, they were immediately killed, killed by the hot lava, and their bodies were petrified for years, for centuries, before they were dug up and discovered again. There was another uh, volcano that's important that many of us don't know about it, and it happened in Martinique, an island in the Caribbean, and I'm probably only aware of it because I've been to Martinique several times on vacation. It's a quaint French island. On May 7th, 1902, May 7th in 1902, uh, there, there was a mountain, a volcanic mountain called Mount Pele, P-E-L-E. It's considered the eruption, the volcanic eruption there was the deadliest eruption of the 20th century. It started erupting on the 7th, May 7th. On today's date, May 8th, it actually shot out big time. But it wasn't the lava that shot out. It was ash, hot ash. The ash was 3,000 degrees Fahrenheit, 3,000 degrees Fahrenheit, tons of ash blowing all over the place. It, as Pompeii was buried by the lava, the city of the city of St. Pierre, which was below the mountain, was totally covered in the hot ash. The people were instantaneously killed. The whole city was wiped out with the 3,000 degree ash, okay? Within minutes, the city was buried and virtually everyone died. So, two hurricanes from the past we should be aware of and the one in Hawaii we should be concerned about and for the people who live there. Which now brings me to the state of Colorado. And I'm going to talk about evictions. People who rent. 
are being evicted big time in the state of Colorado. You say, no, what the hell's the big deal? And in Denver, their biggest community also. What's the big deal? Why? What's going on? Well, let me give you the number first. Last year, 2017, 45,000 people were evicted via court order in the state of Colorado. 45,000 tenants, renters, can you imagine? Uh, And what's happened is, and the cause of it is, uh, prices to buy real estate and to rent have accelerated rapidly in Colorado, which is squeezing primarily the renters out of their homes. They can't afford to pay the increased rental costs for their homes. Uh, And when they don't move their asses out right away, Colorado law is very stringent, supports the landlord big time. Contrast, and I'm going to tell you right now, with the state of Florida, Key West here, it's hard to get you kicked out (laughs) once you're in, uh, which I find interesting too. Uh, Anyhow, I don't understand why this is happening in Colorado. Let me explain why. Right now, we are experiencing, and Trump will tell you this, this is the second longest expansion, economic expansion in American history. The stock market is near an all-time high. Unemployment is the lowest it's been in two decades. Consumer confidence is beyond euphoric. And Trump's tax cuts, okay, are stoking the best earnings this quarter since 2011. We have the best earnings this quarter since 2011. But not in Colorado. And why not in Colorado? And the why not? There are three things. You may have one or two in your state. We may have all three here in, in the Florida Keys. And the, the why nots, why is it happening, the whys rather, is one that the recovery is uneven in this country. It's this, not the same all over. Certain areas are doing very well. Others aren't. Also, we've had a stagnant wage growth for the last 20 years. Think about it. We know it. Our wages really haven't improved for the working people over the past 20 years. Though the rents go up and the cost of living goes up, the wage level remains stagnant. And there's a, this, this we hear all the time in Key West, and we're hearing it across the country more and more. There is a lack of affordable real estate. Lack of affordable real estate. Now they they want they want the community to build housing for poor people. It's getting out of hand though. Uh, we got to control the price of real estate as opposed to building housing. But that's another story for another day. Which now brings me to Venezuela. <laughs> we'll get to Donald Trump. I promise. There are other things that are important, and these things are important. I can't believe that all of you are aware of everything I am saying. I have said this far, and I'm going to share with you now. Venezuela, they have inflation that's, (laughs) money is worthless. Money is absolutely worthless in Venezuela. They have now resorted to bartering, bartering. I'll give you this if you give me that, because money's useless. Example, a haircut costs five bananas and two eggs. I'm laughing. I shouldn't have said but you want to get a haircut, you pay, you pay the barber five bananas and two eggs. Uh, understand that Venezuela has the largest oil reserves in the world. But Maduro's been a lousy leader. Inflation is out of control, but they can't get him out of office because he controls the army and he controls the government. So they're stuck with him. 
But bartering is all they got left because the people can't even buy food. They call it swapability, not just swap. Bartering in Venezuela is referred to as swapability. They trade everything from toothpaste to baby formula. A cab ride. Cab rides are expensive. A carton of cigarettes. Okay. You want to eat in a restaurant a normal meal? You got to bring a few packages of paper napkins. You trade the paper napkins for the cost of the meal. You want to park in a parking lot in a city? Generally, costs you fresh baked goods. Bring them, you know, baguettes, uh, muffins, whatever. You must have fresh baked goods. That's that's the money to park your car. The biggest item are diapers, baby diapers. And by the way, there's a terrific black market coming in from Trinidad to Venezuela, and they bring diapers because diapers go over big. Uh, you, you, you can, they're bigger than medicine, diapers, all right? That's all I can tell you. Uh, they, diapers have been referred to as equivalent to, a, enough diapers are equivalent to a bar of gold. Uh, they don't have enough medicine. You know what they're using for medicine? Dog medicine. That's right, dog medicine. They don't have enough medicine. Now, they have pirates in Venezuela now. They refer to them as pirates, and they're controlling this black market, bringing goods in from Trinidad and arranging for this bartering. They set the prices, by the way, five bananas, two eggs, and all that, and they're making a ton of money, these guys, and they're very wrong and very bad, which now brings me to Donald Trump and today. Today was a big day for him. He was going to announce whether the United States was going to withdraw from the Iran nuclear deal, and he did. And he did what we all expected. He says, we're getting out. Even though there has been no official report by any nation or any organization that has investigated this situation that has found that Iran is violating the terms of the nuclear deal. He doesn't care. He doesn't like the deal made. And and so it's been a sad day for the United States because we've walked away from a deal involving seven or eight countries. It, it's uh, lessened the value of our word. It's lessened our credibility. Uh, and why? Because we have a president who told people this is a lousy deal. I'm going to rip it up when I become president. Well, he did today. He's a bully. He's a tough guy, and he's showing not just we in the United States, but he's showing the world just how tough he is, how tough he can be. It's his way or the highway. Now, the results. What are the results of what he did today? Well, he sucked up to Israel, uh, who wants war with Iran so bad, I can't tell you, and the reason they want war, Iran's no danger to Israel, but Israel feels Iran will get strong if they have nuclear weapons, and then they will be competitive with Israel on a power basis, and Israel wants to be the power in the Middle East. It offends our European friends, who are also part of the agreement. We're, we're, you know, we're, we're, we're slapping them in the face, too, when we say we're getting out of the deal. Uh, this was negotiated for five years amongst all the countries. It opens the door to Iran doing what it wants to do now, raid nuclear weapons. Who's going to stop them? As far as Iran's concerned, the other countries, uh, the deal's broke. One walks out, they all walk out, in effect. That's the way it looks. Okay. What about North Korea? In a month, 
Trump's going to be sitting with Jung-un. They're going to be negotiating nuclear uh, things for North Korea. Do you think he's going to take Donald Trump's word, who just broke a contract made in good faith under the Obama administration with Iran? That's number one. Keep in mind also, my friends, Jung-un says, no problem. Already he's saying it. North Korea will no longer test nuclear weapons. Well, they don't have to test nuclear weapons. They've already got, they've got enough nuclear weapons now to carry on a war as they would want to. They don't have to make any more. And you got to watch what they say. It's very cute, okay? All right. And, uh, well, now we got the Middle East. The Middle East is not going to be that safe with Iran perhaps going nuclear. There are other countries that want to be nuclear powers. Now, let's start with Israel. Israel lies. I'm going to tell you, they lie. They lie. They lie. They lie like Donald Trump. Netanyahu is as bad as Donald Trump. Israel should be ashamed to have him for president because I'm ashamed, and half this country is that we have Donald Trump for president. Israel will not not admit they have nuclear weapons. Now, I can't believe Israel, who has covered their ass since World War II, and they should because of what happened during the war, does not have nuclear weapons. They've got them, but won't admit it. Saudi Arabia wants to become a nuclear power because they want to be, they want to be better than Iran, and this makes them a bit uncomfortable, but now it means if Iran possibly can go nuclear because we walked away from the deal, Well, why can't we have nuclear weapons, Saudi Arabia says. And then there's Turkey. That nun in Turkey wants nuclear weapons. He may not even have to develop them. We already have many nuclear weapons on a particular Air Force base in Turkey. Our nuclear weapons. All he has to do is take over that air base. He's got his nuclear weapons, his nuclear program. Which now brings me to North Korea, I've already said. Jung-un, uh, he, he's got nuclear weapons. He's not going to give them up. He'll say, I'm going to give up the testing. And then what do we do? We're, we're buying crap. We're buying shit if he makes a deal on that basis. There's no deal to be made right now. want to talk about Rudy Giuliani. Uh, I'm not insulting the man now. I am 82 years old. I am a retired attorney. I had a very successful practice. I was an extremely fine attorney. I was good. Simple. I stated because I was. People came to me with their problems. I had my own specialty, and they came to me from all all over to retain my services. But you reach a time when you lose your efficiency. Uh, You're over the hill. You're not as sharp as you used to be. And I saw this coming in my early 50s, and I thought that was a long time. I was, I was losing my sharpness. And these younger kids, they were smarter than me, these young lawyers, I began to think. So you had to be careful how you represented your client. And I used to bring on younger lawyers who worked for me to assist me during trials. But professional athletes, do you – now Giuliani's in his 70, 72 or something – you see professional baseball players, basketball players, soccer players, football players playing football at 72 or any sport. They're out of it generally by 40 if they last that long because you're over the hill. Time has passed you by. Time has passed Rudy Giuliani by. Uh, he is a detriment to Trump. 
this man has not pra- I'm not knocking him. I'm just stating it as a fact. He hasn't practiced law in 20 years. When he's a prosecutor, he was terrific. He put the mafia in jail big time. He was the mayor of the world there for the way he handled 9-11. And in the last 20 years, he's made a ton of money with his law firm and his companies doing things all over the world, but not really practicing law himself. His day has passed him. He's hurting Donald Trump. I don't like Trump, and I laugh every time Giuliani screws him up, but it isn't right. Rudy Giuliani should step back uh, and enjoy life and get out of this mess that he's in. Uh, Now, great article regarding Donald Trump uh, in the Washington Post. This is May 5th. On May 5th, this is the eight, three days ago. You've all heard of... um, E, let's see, what the hell is it? E. J. Dion, okay. Uh, excellent article in the Post. And my recollection it was by, by Dion. I may be wrong, but the article in effect said this. The title was, As the King of Debt, Trump Borrowed to Build His Empire. Then he began spending hundreds of millions in cash. I repeat it, as the king of debt. That means you mortgage. You get money when you build. You mortgage property. You don't use your own money because you don't have that much money all the time. Trump borrowed to build his empire. Then he began spending hundreds of millions in cash. Well, all of a sudden, nine years ago, and this takes us back to 2008, 2009, uh, Trump's company started paying cash for everything they bought. And they spent, in buying new properties, $400 million in cash for new properties. 14 transactions, $400 million in cash. Now, that's not the way real estate people do with business. Number one, they take in partners for a big deal. Number two, they borrow. They borrow the money from a bank, uh, and then they pay it back over time. Nobody puts their cash in these big deals, and no one has that kind of cash to put in these big deals, which now raises the question. And don't forget, he is using cash in 2008, beginning in 2008, when we were out of cash in this country. The recession started. Remember, the banks weren't loaning anyone any money. I asked the question, where the hell did he get all this cash from? He never had cash, this guy. Now he's got cash. It makes me wonder, where did it come from? Did it come from Russia somehow? Uh, Very quickly, Trump and the NRA, he appeared before them this past week at their national convention in Dallas. This was a man who, after the Florida recent shootings where 17 were killed, went on national TV in the Oval Office with students, parents, and teachers, and said, I'm not afraid of the NRA. Well, I didn't think he had the balls to say it to the NRA face-to-face, and he didn't when he spoke at the convention. He said, and I quote, we will never give up our freedom. We will live free, and we will die free. We will never give up our freedom. We will live free, and we will die free. It was announced today that Ali North is now the new president of the NRA. Ali North was big during Ronald Reagan's years as president. He was, I think, a lieutenant colonel in the Marines. He worked in the White House. Uh, he was involved in Iran-Contra. He was getting guns to the wrong people. Uh, Reagan wasn't supposed to know. History tells us he didn't know, but nothing happened to him. Uh, but Ali North got convicted. He went to, he had to go on trial for it. He was charged criminally, and he was convicted, got off on appeal. Haven't heard much of him in recent years. 
What I do recall, and this is very interesting, was when he was testifying before a congressional committee during the Iran-Contra affair under the Reagan years. Uh, They wanted to know, because he lived near Washington, why did you build this big wall at government expense around your house? Why did you put in all these expensive security systems around your house? And he looked at that committee, and he said, because of Osama bin Laden. No one knew who the hell Osama bin Laden was. Neither did I. I was shocked when he said that name. Whoever heard of Osama bin Laden? This is in the early 80s. Osama bin Laden was not a, a word we all, a name we all understood or knew until 9-11. But this guy was being pressed by Osama bin Laden back in the 80s, and he knew it. Well, that's the show for tonight. I, I thank you for joining me, by the way. I've been syndicated, whatever that means. This whole, you know, this, the show gets bigger and bigger, and now the people who broadcast the show, uh, they have let me know that they've added me. They've added something on to whoever's listening to me, and I've got a tremendous number of uh, other people that are available who are listening to me, and I should consider myself syndicated. I, I, I find this all very exciting. I thank you who have been with me for a long time. Stay with me. I, I thank you for li- who listen for the first time. Stay with me. Hope you enjoyed the show. I wrote a book, Ermin Me, about the hurricane. Please buy it through Amazon.com. It's a short, quick, exciting, interesting, and sad uh, story. Other than that, it's been good to be with you again this week. I look forward to joining you again next week. Good night.